Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg and Chris, the biggest story over the past week or so in college football has surrounded the Michigan State head coaching position. Mel Tucker takes the job leaving Colorado. Now, this was a guy that was originally in the running for the job, said he wasn't going to take it and was going to stay at Colorado and then winds up going back on his word, if you will, after Michigan State pointed up a little more money, and he goes to Michigan State. What exactly went down here, and what was your opinion on the situation? Because a lot of fans, especially Buffalo fans, are really upset about this. Well, first of all, Mel Tucker wanted the job all along. He didn't turn the job down. What he did is took his name out of the mix because – uh, Michigan State had decided uh, to hire Luke Fickle. They thought they were going to get him. They said that's – they basically let him know that. They thought they were going to get Luke Fickle. They didn't. Uh, they circled back on a couple of other people, Nick Saban, who, who still many in the upper administration of Michigan State board members still hold him on high regard, called Nick, gave Mel a glowing recommendation, and Michigan State – um, hired him. So but on the outside, it looks like, uh, well, Mel turned them down. They came back and offered more money. No, what happened was he wanted the job all along. Mel is from Cleveland. Mel's got a lot of ties in the Big Ten. The money was going to be quite a bit more than what he was at Colorado. It's just more than double. And the staff of which he can hire guys are more than double. It's a no-brainer. Anybody anybody would have left that Colorado job to go to Michigan state because it's a much better job because of the money and no other reason. We don't need to get into anything other than that. And about, you know, you know, Bill McCartney and, you know, and Colorado's run, there's a different world now and Colorado and what they're able to pay uh, and what Michigan state, the big Ten's able to pay. It's a different world. So, that's how it played out. Now, I think maybe there are better ways you could have handled it as you get caught in, in the final stages of recruiting where, you know, your name is getting mentioned. Mark D'Antonio, you know, it all kind of started there. It was a late situation because he, he basically kind of cost a lot of his assistants. And I love Mark. He cost a lot of his assistants jobs because, you know, he waited – to make his announcement and collect his money. But by the late nature of his leaving all of his assistants, you know, most of them couldn't find jobs because the hiring cycle's over. Well, that led to a late coaching search for Michigan state as a head coach. And it makes it tough on wherever they're going to go purge their guy. So for Colorado at Mel Tucker, what is Mel Tucker supposed to do when he's the head coach uh, at Colorado, and he's got to recruit for that program, he could be honest and say, look, Scott, I want you to come play for me here. And if you ask me the I won't bring it up. If you ask me the question, 
about whether you're going to be there. I can say, look, I, I'm committed to being here. I don't know what the future holds. Um, I could sit here and say, look, I, th- my name has come up. Um, look, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. Scott, if somebody offers me twice the money, mm-hmm. you know, I've got to look at it. Uh, is You can do that. But if I don't get offered that job, then I lost maybe you because you may maybe want to go somewhere else. You're not as committed, you know, to Colorado if I'm not going to be there. So it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. I mean, what do you want him to do? Basically cut the team he's working with Colorado by saying, yeah, I'd, I'd like to go to Michigan State if they offer me the job, but I don't know if I'm going to get it. I mean, that's the honest answer. But if he said that, then that would be, oh, my God, dude, what is this guy doing? <laughs> So he's basically doing what you have to do. And then, yeah, I'm committed to being here, which he was. He wasn't going to leave Colorado if Michigan State didn't offer them job or someone else uh, of that ilk would have offered them. It's, it's the hiring cycle. This is not the NFL. And so many people that follow this sport, they, they try to NFLize it. Well, you don't see that in the NFL because you can't leave one NFL team as a head coach and go to another one. That doesn't exist in college. We know that. And there's no perfect world to do it. Now, should he have not said anything? He could have said no comment. Now, he probably should have never addressed it publicly. He yeah, probably that's should have where never people, said anything. That's what rubs people but, the wrong way. But if he doesn't address it, well, he's not addressing it. Yeah, so we know I what that it. means. So, you know, it's he shouldn't have but he's going to have to address it to recruit. So if it's Drew Pearson's grandson, I mean, my God, I mean, Drew, oh, come he on, went off, wake huh? up. I mean, you know, I, I, Drew Pearson's never been around football. All the, are you kidding me? Yeah. I realize you went to Tulsa. But you've certainly been around the block. If you don't know that this is going to happen, are you kidding me? Uh, please. If this is why you should not go to a school it, it solely on the basis of your coach, because there's a really good chance that your head coach, your pitching coach, and the guy that's recruiting you is not going to be there. He may get a better job or he may get fired. So you better make a decision that's bigger than that. I get it. You're disappointed. They have, we're going to talk about transfer rule in a minute. Um, but you know, there are options now where you can leave for the Colorado fans grow up where you, I mean, mm-hmm. your program is not an elite level. You think you are, but you're not. Okay? And well, the word doesn't mean it. There is not one person that in the same circumstances that could have gotten more than double the money in the job that they're in that would have said no to that. Not one. Okay? So, mm-hmm. look, that's the reality. I'm not a big Mel Tucker fan. I don't think he's going to have that greatest success at Michigan State. That is a different topic. The issue, and I don't think you would have had great success at Colorado overall, but the reality is everyone's going to leave for that better job. Absolutely. The timing was not due to him. It was due to, quite frankly, Mark D'Antonio and Michigan State. That job came open later than it normally does, and that created this dynamic. And again, he shouldn't have said this. He shouldn't have said that. Whatever he said, whatever he does would have been come. It, well, I can't believe he said that. He lied. He did this. He didn't say anything. I mean, it's one of those details. Look, Nick Saban got caught in that. I'm not. I'm not going to take the Alabama job. I mean, you know what do you? I mean, what, what do you do? It's a fluid situation. 
and you don't know because there are a lot of moving parts. Um, I think it's understandable when you lose your coach. It's frustrating. But all you need to know, Colorado was paying his coach $2.5 million. Uh, mm-hmm. Michigan State's paying $5.5 million. Michigan State's paying for a lot more money, more than double the pool of salaries for assistance in Colorado. Uh, Michigan State, much better facilities. Uh, you're getting Big Ten Network money. Hello. Welcome to the reality world. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Pac-12, you're no longer a big player, and until you can start building your financial structure to where you can compete, you're going to be now stepping stone jobs. It's what you are. Colorado's not a destination job. And I got to tell you something. I laugh because, oh, Eric, the enemy is going to go, oh, he's a – the enemy is going to be an NFL head coach in here. He's going to go at Colorado. Are you kidding me? And by the way, if Eric B enemy was at his alma mater and he got offered double the money, he would have left. Now that would have been a real <laughs> slap in the face. If it, you know, so my point is, is yes, of course. And yes, he was only there one year. I get all of that, but you know what? For Mel, it's all the more reason to take the money and run. By the time they figure out at Michigan State that he can't coach, he will be making not only more than double he was making. Guess what, Scott? He gets a reset. He gets more years on the deal. So he gets more than double the money in more years. He'll be set for life by the time they figure out, you know what, he's not all that good of a coach. Yeah, and you just said something that's really interesting, right? All the Colorado fans that want Eric Bieniemy to come, you know, because he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride, right? He's interviewed so many times for NFL head coaching positions, and he's not getting the job. So, hey, take the Colorado job and then prove yourself – Okay, so what happens? He goes there and has success for two seasons and then gets the call to take a head coaching job in the NFL. You don't think he's going to leave you in, in one season? If it, even if it takes one season to get an NFL head coaching job. Eric Bieniemy wants to be an NFL head coach and deserves to be an NFL head coach. So even if he took the Colorado job, he'd just be leaving you just like Mel Tucker left you. Well, so first of I don't, all, I don't understand. Well, first of all, Eric Bieniemy is going to get an NFL head coaching job because he's working for Andy Reid and with Patrick Mahomes. If he goes to Colorado with an inferior budget and an inferior program relative, he's not going to have success. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to be forgotten. His career will be done. And he will be at Colorado for as long as they'll have him or as long as he wants to be there. But he ain't going to be a head coach in the NFL because the star, the shine on his star is going to go because mm-hmm. in Colorado, you can be competitive and fine and win. Look, Mike McIntyre was the national coach of the year at Colorado. Got fired a couple of years later. It, it's a program like a lot of the Pac-12 programs. The money is not as good. So this is, to me, a bigger picture issue. Until the Pac-12 can get itself in gear, can get get their financial infrastructure to where it can be competitive, you're going to see programs like that and other programs in the Pac-12 guys leave. Now, look, Mario Cristobal's got a great situation. They pay good money at Oregon. They can afford to pay good money. They're willing to do it. If the USC can get their administration figured out, that's certainly a great place. 
Chip just kind of wants to be left alone at UCLA. He's fine. Kyle Winningham doesn't really have any desire to leave. He's a Utah guy. He's 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 had a okay. The bottom line is at Colorado. If you want a guy, go get you a Colorado guy that may be you know solid and maybe never wants to leave. And he's you know maybe Darren Cheverini's the guy. Darren Cheverini played at Colorado. You think if he's successful, is he going to be committed to stay? Look, here's the bottom line. Make yourself a program, a destination program, instead of trying to hope that you can find the right type of guy that's going to love us. Well, he might love you, but you know what? He might not be that good of a coach, and you're probably going to want to fire him because I'm pretty sure, you know, and Mike McIntyre, when he was the coach of the year, had a couple of people interested. He didn't leave. He got fired two years later. It's not a program right now, nor are many programs in the Pac-12 that are good enough, that's sustainable enough to win consistently. Whether you're Eric, you think Eric the enemy would win there? He hadn't, I, you don't know. No, I mean, it's 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 a job that, quite frankly, is not going to be all that enticing for a lot of folks. Brett Bielema wants it. Probably not going to get any better than that. I don't know that Steve Sarkeesian wants it, but those are two guys that would be great fits. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can't guarantee you that they're going to stay there in Colorado. And, and Colorado is a great place. Folsom feels great. They've done a job of improving facilities. But, folks, you have to understand, when you're getting, you know, an extra 60 to $80 million per team more, from the Big Ten or the SEC compared to the Pac-12, folks, open your eyes out. Forget about Colorado. Forget about Mel Tucker. Forget about anything other than the fact that the Pac-12 needs to get their you-know-what in gear hmm. so that their financial resources can be that it can be destination jobs because a lot of those jobs are not destination jobs. Not UCLA, not Utah, not Washington State. All those jobs are stepping stone jobs unless you find that guy that just is kind of wants to be there and doesn't want to take that next step. And that's hard to find. Certainly hard to find one that's also very good that's going to win on a consistent basis. We'll get back into the podcast in just a second, but I got breaking news. This is an important PSA brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement. After more than 18 months of research and development, the Manscaped engineering team has confirmed they have successfully created the greatest ball hair trimmer ever. Now, I have the 2.0, but I got to go out there and get myself the new 3.0 because that's what they did. They made the 2.0 even better. The Lawnmower 3.0 Manscaping Trimmer is now available for purchase and get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELIEVE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BLEAV. And as always, your balls will thank you. Well, let's talk about the rule that could come into play as soon as April and really change the game for, you know, maybe people that are in a situation, players that are in a situation at Colorado. Uh, the NCAA could approve that all athletes could transfer without penalty. Uh, they're working on a, an idea that um, would change the current system, uh, a one-time waiver to transfer without penalty so you don't have to sit out for a full season. 
this could be a game changer, but it also could lead to what we've talked about before, which is basically free agency and coaches and teams and recruiting that's poaching players from teams. And it could, it could of course benefit players. I'm not saying it's not going to, it could absolutely benefit in a situation where a coach leaves and, and the kid only wants to go to the school because of the coach. It's fine. He transfers a kid's home, whatever. There's a lot of reasons why uh, student athletes want to transfer. It could also get real ugly, Chris. Well, here's the thing. It's going to be more restrictive of the players because it, they only got one transfer in this new rule if it goes through. So you can only transfer once. Well, here's the potential issues with it. If you make a rule, NCAA, that a guy can transfer once, and I, you know, look, I said this on another platform. I'm going to let lawyer answer this question, but I'm just going to say as a layperson who's been around lawyers in sports, um, Tell me the lawyer that's not going to challenge that and say, wait a minute, if Scott can transfer once, that may be the rule. <laughs> we think that's unconstitutional because you know what? His, he's got a really good circumstances and reason to leave. You think that's going to hold up in court, that it can only transfer once? I don't think it will. Uh, I think that's, that's an issue. The, the other thing is, how about this as a strategy? Uh, it truly will be college football free agency because if I got a guy and it may be better to recruit him off another college team than recruiting him out of high school. Because That's what I'm saying. You're poaching. If I, yeah. recruit him and, if I recruit him out of high school, he might leave. If this rule is in place, if I recruit him off of he a college He can't leave team, you once you get him. Yeah. He can't leave. <laughs> so That's what I said. It could get ugly. Issue. Now, uh, this is probably – this is definitely going to take place. The Big Ten – you know, basically we're the first one to come out with it, the ACC, and we're going to see the others. It's just proposals. And it, it could go in, well, it would go in for 2021, depending on how they look at this in April, in the summer. Um, look, I think we need to have more restrictions. I think we need to have more organization. I think there needs to be maybe limits. But look, I, I'm going to go back to common sense, and no one uses common sense with it. I think we need to protect players from themselves. I said this before, 95% of the time, and that's a conservative estimate, 95% of the time as a coach, players that wanted to transfer are sorry that they transferred if they do transfer, and most of them are happy that they didn't transfer because they usually transfer in the heat of the moment out of frustration, and they realize the grass is not greener. And now we've got guys that are in the transfer portal and not enough scholarships for them. And it's ruining their future. Look, I am all for players to transfer if there's a reasonable reason, if it's a family illness, if there's situations that come about. But you know what? The whole, uh, I, I was going to be the starter. They, they didn't tell me they were going to recruit another quarterback. Or well, grow up. Because you, when you get into the real world, which we're training these folks, it doesn't work that way. You got to learn how to get along with people and deal with that. Am I right, Scott, in the real world? Yeah. I mean, in any of this. So my point is, I think we need to get away from the whole petty stuff. I'm not happy. The whiny baby, I want to move. If there's a legitimate reason, I think a kid ought to be allowed to transfer. I really do. 
But if it's just the old, I'm not playing enough. It's too hard. I told mm-hmm, you that like mm-hmm. and he yelled at me. Girl, I'm telling you, girlfriend problems. They want to leave. They want to go back home. I've seen it all, lived through it all. And again, 95% of the time, they sorry they transfer. So I think we need to be careful that we don't enable guys to make some of the worst mistakes in their lives. Um, I, again, a guy transfers, then he's at a place. Now he's got a family member who's sick and he wants to move a second time and he can't because he used his transfer. See what I'm saying? In that case, it doesn't really, it's not a good situation for that one. So in, in cases where you want to stop the guy, uh, Amobi Anoria, who signs with Alabama, just can't do things right. You know, he gets in the portal, gets out of the portal. He leaves, finally gets out, goes to Houston. He's out of the portal again. You know, it stops all that ridiculous, you know, I'm going to transfer the second and the third time. But in a legitimate case where somebody might leave, um, you know, I, I, I think that could be a problem. I, I think you need to have some stipulations with it, but I think it's going to happen. I think we need to have, again, stricter and a more organized legislation. Is this the right rule just in and of itself? I think there needs to be more to it. But one thing I can say about the NCAA, they are not visionaries. They're reactive. They're not proactive. And it's part of the problem because we don't have football people running it. We need mm-hmm. to have a football commis- college football commissioner that we all understand these problems. We can anticipate it. We can nip it in the bud. And I don't like my pro football to be like college football or vice versa but there are things that both sides can learn from one another. And the one thing about college football as a whole and college athletics, it's the most disorganized cluster bleep that you can ever find because they just don't anticipate things. And the law of unintended consequences, my God, they just, they like, Oh, never saw that happen. Oh, really? You know, <laughs> my God, God, I mean, you know, and they, they create enough, they, they create one problem. They try to eliminate one problem and create three more with it. They just don't think it through and they need people to help them. And if the guys with the bow ties that are in the ivory towers are not the ones that need to be making these decisions. And that's part of the problem that we got. And quite frankly, while we've got more of a problem with college athletics, we've gotten to the point where the, the likeness issue and all of that, is coming ahead because people mm-hmm. that are visionaries were not involved in this. They stuck their head in the sands. And now, now all of a sudden, other people on the outside, lawyers that are going to sue on behalf of players that are going to suddenly do things that should have been done a long time ago to maybe make it a little bit better. Now they're going to be dictated too. And college athletics are going to be dictated by lawyers and people representing the players, and it's going to look a lot different 10 years from now than it is right now, my friend. Oh, you can bet on that. Uh, One final note before we wrap things up. Uh, Charlie Strong is going to Alabama, going to be on Nick Saban's staff. Is this uh, one of those analyst things as a stepping stone that he will, uh, after you know one season under Nick Saban, and then he finds himself a head coaching job? Don't know. Uh, Timing, circumstances, what jobs open up, all those things, as you know, matter as to whether he might get a job in a year. But, you know, listen, let's look at Let's call it what it is. 
Charlie Strong, uh, been a successful head coach at Louisville, been a successful defensive coordinator under Urban Meyer at Florida, uh, among other places. But did not have a successful stint at Texas or at South Florida. Now, not all of it were his doing, but he was a part of it. So where do you go to resurrect your career? Go be a defensive coordinator somewhere, do a good job. Is that going to get him another head coaching opportunity? Probably not. But the one thing that can help, as we see, he can go and do two things. He can learn from Nick Saban, learn how to become a better head coach, then also get the blessing from Nick Saban. I've said basically Nick Saban got melt up at the job at Michigan yep. State. And so that could be Charlie Strong. It might be a year. It might be two years. Look, people have said, well, well why not him being the defense coordinator? Because he doesn't know Nick's defense yet. And so whoever can run Nick's defense – is going to run it. Now, maybe Charlie is the defensive coordinator at Alabama next year once he's had a year learning it. Mm-hmm. So maybe Charlie gets, depending on what opportunities are out there, he might get another head coaching opportunity, but it's probably going to hold on for a good one. And if the good one's not there, he might be the defensive coordinator the following year. Or he might be the defense coordinator after spring. Or, you know, how long will it take him to learn the defense like Nick wants it run? That's going to be the key. That's why he's an analyst, not a defensive coordinator. It's different than when he brought uh, Lane Kiffin in uh-huh. for a visit for a couple of weeks. He basically gave Lane the offensive coordinator title because he was going to let somebody run the offense. Nobody comes in and runs a defense for Nick. You run Nick's defense, yeah. and you run it like he wants it. And so Charlie gets an opportunity as a good defensive coach to learn even more learn Nick's defense, can take that with him, whether he becomes coordinator at Alabama or somewhere else or goes on to be a head coach. He comes out of it, A, with better knowledge, better college experience, and be, uh, the best reference he's ever going to have uh, with Nick Saban on his side. That's a smart move. We head to LandryFootball.com this week, Chris. What are we focusing in on? Oh, man, all, all this stuff inside our notebooks. In the college game, we've got all of that going each and every day draft information as well, draft room nuggets from uh, around the country, recruiting information, class of 2021 already invoked. So we've got all of that, and certainly for our NFL fans, get working on our draft boards, NFL free agent boards, grades by position, our NFL notebooks daily. So we've got all of that coming uh, that for you on a daily basis. So you want to check it out. All of the podcasts, including this podcast, up on LandryFootball.com that you can check out each and every day. So don't miss it. It's a great deal of fun. Uh, you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Follow me on Twitter at LandryFootball. And please take advantage of the scouting season offer. 50% off will get you all of this information. Get the combine next week. We'll be do, providing all that information, um, you know, for the college side with obviously the players involved. You, you can get inside the film room analysis on all these players you can get it in for less than a magazine subscription, so less than five dollars a month with our scouting season offer. So follow me on Twitter at Landry Football. We'll see you there, folks. And when you sign up, it takes you all throughout next year as well, so you get the whole season combined and it brings you up, uh, you know, past all the free agency and stuff. So it's it really is a no brainer. So check out LandryFootball.com. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out on the Believe Podcast Network, B L E A V.com. You're off to Indy now, Chris. 
Uh, be off next week. So when we talk next week, we'll uh, talk with you from there. There it goes. Uh, all right. So we'll be we'll coming to you live from the Combine next week in Indy. And we'll be back with another edition of the College Football Film Room again, wherever you get your podcast from. Talk to you next week, Chris. Hey, look forward to it, bud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.